As you go back to your seats, I want to encourage you just to keep standing for a moment. Just keep standing for a moment. Go back to your seats, but just keep standing for a moment. Doesn't like you know, stand up. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> stand up. So I just want to make sure that we are establishing today the right way. Let me just read this verse twice. This was the, the verse I left you with last Sunday, but I felt the need to uh, establish a service with it again. So uh, everyone, everyone that's physically capable of standing, please stand with me today. Proverbs 19.21. I'll let you be seen in just a moment. But Proverbs 19.21 says this. Many are the plans in a man's heart, in a, in a woman's heart. Many are plans, many plans we have in our hearts. But I love this next part. But it's the Lord's purpose. It is the Lord's plan that will prevail. If you believe that, say Amen. You can be seated today. You can be seated. This is going to feel a little rushed, and I'm sorry for that, but that's just how it goes because we have 12 services after this one that are going to be happening this afternoon with Operation Christmas, and I'm excited how God's going to use us, but um, let, let, let me just establish uh, uh, this, okay? Uh, I am not, full disclosure, I am one that is not particularly fond of interruptions, okay? I'm, is there anybody else like me? You just don't like to be interrupted. You've got a plan, you've got a schedule, you, 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 things are supposed to work a certain way, and then, bam, they don't, right? That, that interruption. Uh, Bez, let's give them that, that video I've got real quick. Uh, I, I love this because when I saw this video, I'm, I'm almost positive this little boy will never interrupt service anytime soon. Yes, hallelujah. He is, he is <laughs> I'm almost positive that boy is never going to interrupt service again. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Would we... I'm asking for some audience participation. Here, help me out here. I want you to fill in the blank, okay? I don't want to be interrupted when I am, when I'm talking, when I'm, what else? When I'm, when I'm napping, when I'm sleeping, I want to be interrupted. When I'm at church, I heard somebody say when I'm at church. When I'm indisposed in the bathroom, I don't want to be interrupted. I, I, when I'm watching the football game. How about this? Did, this? did someone say this one? I don't want to be interrupted when I'm sinning. Come on, somebody. Holy Ghost, you to stay away. I don't want no, I don't, don't interrupt this. Woo! I, I love those moments, Rev, when the Spirit of God just interrupts you in the middle of your sin, and you're just like, oh, Lord. Anybody else just, just thankful for those moments where he doesn't let you continue to destroy yourself through self-sabotage, but he pulls you out? Woo! Amen. See, when interruptions happen, what is going on is we have a forward momentum or a forward progress that gets stopped, that gets halted. When, when interruptions happen, some of them can feel like they're a complete waste of our time. Other interruptions, they, they, what they do is they force us to adjust to the interruption. And I just want to say this today, for those of you who are, who are trying to go about your life, you understand, you're living life and then you get that phone call from the school. This happens to me more often than, than, than I'd like, where I get the phone call from the school. We're in the middle of work, and boom, got to come pick up one of the kids. Interruptions. Those you understand, who understand what this is like, you, you, you had that doctor's visit, and you say, oh, everything's great, I'm good, and then you get that, that interruption. It was a bad report. Others of us, we, we have on our cell phones 45 different reminders of all the practices our kids have to be at this week. Okay, it feels like a constant interruption. And, and, and others of us still, we, we, we realized we haven't even started our Christmas shopping yet, and this whole week is going to be nothing but interruptions. Thank God for Amazon. Hello, somebody. Okay. All right. Amen. Yeah. Get it delivered to the door. And then some interruptions become divine interruptions because God begins to call. Can I tell you what I've learned as a pastor, 
as a husband, as a father, I've come to realize that interruptions might actually be the whole point to my day. Because I've got my plans. I've, I've, I've got my agenda. I, I've, I've, I've got it all worked out, what, what needs to happen. And then God interrupts. And maybe, just maybe, God's interruptions are, is God trying to get my attention. And that's why Proverbs, again, 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Would you kindly interrupt the person who's not paying attention next to you right now and just give them my subject for today? Would you just look at them and say, pardon the interruption, but there's been a change of plans. Now, if they didn't like that sermon title, then just tell them this title. Here, I got a subtitle. Just tell them, God's got plans. God's got plans. Amen. Okay. What I want to do here just for a moment is after service last Sunday when we were talking a little bit about, about divine interruptions. Um, two, a few people ran me down particularly, but, but two of our, our family members there are going to join me for just a moment. Uh, would you welcome to the stage today uh, Ms. Griselda Sanchez and Ms. Jessica Velasquez because these women are going to share and testify what, uh, how God just loves to interrupt our lives. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate this. And, and if they start to cry, let them cry. If they, uh, if, yeah, okay, right? If, but, but because our lives, these ladies' lives are living proof of what I'm going to preach right now, I wanted them to testify about how God divinely interrupted and what God divinely did. So, Jessica, please. Okay. So, um, a lot of you know my husband. And um, if you don't, I encourage you to get to know him because he's wonderful. But it's funny because... I feel like I was like a wingman in this little testimony because it was like God was really using him. And um, so we were at last Saturday at a Christmas party for some friends we know. Um, they attend a different church and we, you know, it doesn't matter where we go to church. We advance the kingdom of God. Amen. And so we were there and um, this family came and um the couple whose house we were at told us, oh, yeah, we just met them, and our boys are in the same class. And so we were, you know, having our good Christmas party fun, and we were in the basement where they had a lot of stuff for the kids, and um, my husband just started talking to this woman, <laughs> and not like that, though, yeah, <laughs> and I was really nosy, too, because I was, like, kind of listening, and I can tell when like the Holy Spirit is using him. And I was just like, I was with Ezra and we were playing with fake snow and I was just kind of listening and I was like, man, like this woman was supposed to be at this Christmas party, you know? And so come to find out um, as I'm being nosy that they are both from Aurora. And if you don't know Michael's testimony, I encourage you to find out about him because God... God did amazing things. And here I go, yeah. But um, he shouldn't be here, and he shouldn't have this testimony. And because of his flexibility and his opportunity to use his testimony, don't do that, because then I'm going to just keep going. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do what pastor says. Um, he started speaking into this woman, and come to find out, they ran with the same crowd in Michael's past. And not only that, but she has a daughter with someone who is in prison that Michael knows. And 
I was listening and I could hear him say to her, you shouldn't have any shame and you shouldn't have any guilt and this is not your testimony. You know, this isn't, you didn't do this. And her daughter's 25 years old. And so this has been an ongoing thing. So I was standing there with him and he called me over and he said, we should pray for her. And um, do, do you mind if we pray for you? And she was like, yeah. And then she just kind of kept talking. <laughs> and then he was like, well, we could pray for you, like in this basement of our friend's house, you know, right now. And she's like, right here, right now. And um, he was like, yeah. And that's what I love about him because, like, it doesn't matter where you are for God to move you to step outside your comfort zone. And so, you know, being an awesome godly man, he's like, okay, honey, like, I should pray um, because she's, you know, a female and stuff. And so I really just tried to, like, let the Holy Spirit tell me what she needed to know. And I had heard in my nosiness, and I said that anything she's holding on to from her past, she should let it go. Any guilt, any shame is not hers, that she can drop it and she can move forward and that God would get a hold of her and her family. And after we prayed, she started crying and she told me, this morning I was doing yoga and I decided to pray. And I don't do that. But I told him like, I need to know you and I need to know you're real. And then I came to this Christmas party and your husband and you just prayed for me. And I know something that Michael said, they will be saved by the word of our testimony. And so I just encourage you that if God is giving you that nudge, don't push it aside because someone needs to know who you used to be, but who you are now. And so don't be timid, don't be shy, be bold and crazy like my husband. And um, people need to know the Jesus inside of you. And if you're the only person they ever meet that shows them Jesus and shows them the fruit of the Spirit, then let us be obedient and let us do it with a willing heart. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, family. Let's celebrate. Jessica's preaching my message. Miss Griselda, we're going to... And, and this was really cool because you kind of ran me down after service last Sunday to share this with me. Um, and so as you hear this story, ladies and gentlemen, and, and technically you've been coming here. How long? How long have you been coming here for? How long, honey? A couple of months. A couple of months? Yeah, it's almost a, going on a year. So you can be raised in church or you can be here just a couple months. But if you're open to it, God will use you for his glory. So please share with us, man, please. Well, first of all, Pastor, um, you always say come in the front and that's the first thing I do. I lift my hands up to God, and I said, God, I'm here. Use me. Use me in whatever you need. I said I wasn't going to cry, but what I felt was beautiful. I was on my way, and any mother in here will know how devastated you are when one of your kids are sick. I was taking my son to the ER, and as soon as I walked in there, I said, oh my God, I'm going to be here all day. But I said, I didn't care. There was at least over 100 people in there sick, coughing, up everything that was going on. And I was in the ER at Copley. 
And as soon as we settled in and I uh, took my son in, um, I settled him, looking at him so sick and tossing and turning and saying, Mom, I can't take this. It's, I'm in pain. I said, I know, honey, but we're here already and you're going to get you're going to get help. And as soon as I sat down in a chair, took off my jacket, and I am a caretaker. I take care of elderly people. I love my job. I took off my jacket, and I still had my uniform on. And I just got up because I felt something inside of me, like God telling me, I need you. And I said, okay, God. I got up. I started going towards the waiting room where all the other people were and as soon as I'm walking I turn to my left and here's this man laying on the floor in the hospital just laying on the floor and I approached him and I said hi sir I said I just I just need to come and pray for you God wants me to pray for you and he immediately stood up and this is a stranger I'm like I don't know if he's gonna tell me to get out of here what are you doing but he looked at me with these beautiful, like, his face was, like, shocked, happy. And he said, do you know? And he, he had his hands up. that I said, God, if you're real, send someone to pray for me. And God chose me. Do you guys know how I felt? I felt honored I felt happy at that moment I didn't know what I was doing but then I got kneeled next to him and we just started praying and let me tell you I prayed so nice that I didn't even know I could pray like that <laughs> I was proud of myself and I told him I said John and he looked at me he goes my name is John and I said yeah I'm telling you I'm here and God wants me to tell you everything's gonna be okay and he said i am fighting i'm an alcoholic but i'm fighting for it because i want my family back i don't want to be an alcoholic no more and i looked at him and i'm telling you god's telling me to tell you everything's gonna be okay he got sick because you you wanted a testimony of god's real god is real john yes and I'm here to let you know that he's telling me to tell you everything's going to be okay. I got up and he said, ma'am, thank you. I said, no, don't thank me. Thank our God. And he said, looked at me with a beautiful smile and I turned away. And once I glanced back, this man was still lifting his hands to God and praising him. And and that right there was just I was like I was like wow I went back to my son that's sick devastated turning tossing around as soon as I get with my son he was sitting calm nope and he goes mom I'm feeling a little better and I said thank you God and then, then the next day because my son got admitted for three days in the hospital but I know God God's going to take care of my son. I know he is. He's battling of a blood disease um, all over his body. But I still claim that my son's going to be okay. Amen. Amen. I know he is. And I 
told my son the experience, what I had experienced, and my son was just looking at me like, I don't know if he said, Mom, are you crazy? Or, or he was just so entertained in my testimony. And I love that about my kids. I have five kids, and they all, anything that they need, Mom, can you pray for me? I'm going to have a big test today. Mom, can you pray? Can you pray this? And that, by them telling me, Mom, can you pray? It's little by little, I'm letting them know that God is real. Yes, Amen. Preach Thank it. you. Preach. Daniel. Daniel. Can we just quickly, would you everyone stretch forth your hands towards Griselda today? Because we want to believe for Daniel's complete healing. Heavenly Father, we thank you that in this moment, you are the miracle worker. We speak to this blood disease and we command this blood disease to submit to the name of Jesus. Father, let this not only be proof to him that you are real, let it be proof to doctors and nurses, those in the medical field, that our God is a healer. And we thank you, Father, not only are you going to restore his health, you're going to restore his faith. You're going to show him that you are the mighty one, the awesome one, the righteous one, the, the one who heals all of our diseases. And we thank you, Father, continue to use his mama for your glory in Jesus' name. Let all God's people say amen. Thank you, ladies. Can we just show them love one more time? So grateful. Amen. Pardon the interruption, y'all. Pardon the interruption. There's been a change of plans. Change of plans. So I have got, I don't even know how much time I've got left. Praise the Lord, but we're going to make this happen, all right? I'm going to do the best. I got 15 minutes. Y'all ready for this? All right. Let me give you, I'm going to at least give you two of my three points, and we'll see if I get to the third one some other time. Let me, point number one, I want to give you this today, okay? We're talking about these interruptions. When I look at scripture, when I read scripture, according to scripture, what I see is what seems like divine interruptions are actually divine invitations. Divine invitations. I look at the scriptures and I see the Bible's filled with stories from cover to cover. Somebody's regular story now gets interrupted by God's divine story and he invites them to come and be a part of something greater. God interrupts a, a pagan worshiper named Abram. He's 75 years old, and he tells Abram, leave your family, leave your home, and go to a place I will show you. So he doesn't even know where he's going, but he tells him, leave it. And, and, and as he leaves, he's 75 years old, he's childless, and God promises him, I'm going to make of you a great nation, a divine interruption that becomes an invitation to be the father of a great nation. We look at a fugitive and a stutterer named Moses. He, 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 gets, he gets interrupted when he's out just taking care of the, uh, of the, of the livestock. And he, in the interruption, he gets invited, hey, stutterer, go stand before the man who wants to kill you because you're a fugitive. Go stand before Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go and then lead them to my promised land. We see God interrupt a coward named Gideon who is literally hiding in a wine press threshing wheat and God shows up and he invites this coward to be the man who leads his 300 men against an entire army and see them defeat him. We see that God interrupts a young man named David who's just busy taking care of his daddy's sheep and God invites him to go and take down a giant and once that giant falls, know that I'm going to anoint you to be the king over Israel. What I'm simply trying to tell you is that God is the God who interrupts for the purpose of an invitation. And can anyone sense in these last days, God has been interrupting your plans because he's got an invitation to something greater for you. Can someone sense God is interrupting your normal and your regular and your ordinary because he's got an invitation to greater. If you believe that, say amen. Here's what occurred to me, Ms. Autumn. Christmas is the ultimate interruption. The ultimate interruption. 
Why? Because Christmas isn't just about interrupting the Judeo system. Christmas itself is about God interrupting history itself. I'm not one of you modern historians. I don't say before the common era. I still call it BC and AD because when Jesus showed up, he interrupted everything about human history. What does he do at Christmas? God interrupts this teenage girl named Mary. She was a virgin. She was planning her wedding, and he shows up and interrupts all that, and he invites her to give birth to the Savior of the world. Will you read with me quickly in Luke chapter 1? It says, the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, and Gabriel said, greetings, you who are highly favored. Would you just look at somebody next to you and just tell them, you're highly favored. He says, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But Mary was greatly troubled at his words. I mean, who, who wouldn't be? Like, is this a good thing or a bad thing? She was troubled at his words, and she wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So the angel had to clarify. He said, look, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with the Lord. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Hallelujah. So this whole narrative surrounding the birth of Jesus is really what it is. It's a reminder that this world and the things of this world are not random. That, 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 I get it. Sometimes things just seem like coincidence. They just, just seem, just seem uh, well, I, I, I guess that was supposed to happen. There is no randomness with God. Christmas is the reminder that there is an overarching narrative that we have been invited to and included in. But listen to me. You are included in the narrative, but you are not the main character of this story. The main character of this story is the one who was born, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So Christmas becomes that time where we begin to celebrate the moment where the author of the story showed up in his own story to bring us into a greater story. I mean, think about it. Jesus, he's an interruption, right? Not just to Mary, but to humanity. It's that moment when divinity interrupts humanity and carnality. It's that moment when eternity interrupts the temporary. It's that moment when heaven interrupts earth in the form of a baby, at the carnation, here's what God was doing. God was tapping sin and Satan on the shoulder and saying, pardon me, but it's time for a change. Excuse me, but I've got different plans. Plans are about to change. He told Satan, you've been deceiving humanity for too long. He told sin, you've been enslaving humanity for too long. So pardon me, excuse me, but there's been a change of plans and God shows up and he interrupts the whole system. That's why the Bible says, says in 1 John 3, 8, Jesus, or the reason the Son of God was made manifest, the reason he appeared was so that he might destroy the works of the devil. With somebody where you sit right now, take a moment and help me praise the Lamb who was slain before the foundations of the earth. The Lamb that was slain before I ever messed up. The Lamb who died for my sins in eternity past, knowing what I was going to do today. And I don't just want to praise him what he said me from. I want to praise him for what he's prepared me for. God has got greater plans for your life. If you believe that, say amen. Hallelujah. I got nine minutes. Don't stare at me. Help me. I'm trying to get done here. Jesus becomes that, that interruption. Christmas becomes that ultimate 
interruption. It's, Christmas is a reminder that from time to time, God is going to interrupt your story as well. And he's going to interrupt your story with an invitation. My question is, why do we hear God's invitation and then turn it into an interrogation? Come on, somebody. I mean, look what Mary did initially. You're highly favored. You're going to, be, you're going to give birth to, to Jesus. He'll be the Savior of the world. He will reign on the throne of, of David forever. And look what Mary says in verse 34. Mary says to the angel, how can this be? Wait, what? Come out. Look, bro, I'm a virgin still. How can this be? Anyone else ever get that way? You hear the invitation, then you turn it around on God into an interrogation. Wait, 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 God. Wait, what do you mean, God? How are you going to let this happen, God? Why me, God? Where you been, God? Where you at, God? This divine invitation, we can flip into an interrogation. Because here's what I understand about humans. It is our human nature to hear God's expectations, but then we start making excuses. I'm too young, too old. I'm too middle-aged. I'm too tired. I'm too busy. I got too many kids. I've got, I've got too much on my plate. We hear his expectations, and we start making excuses. And listen to me, I understand. I get it. The, the whole reason we make excuses is because we are creatures of comfort. Come on, we like to be comfortable. We like, even that word feels comfortable to say. I like to be comfortable. But can I tell you that your God is disruptive by nature? When your God calls you, he calls you to disrupt your comfortability because he's got greater things for you to do and you can't achieve greater when you're settling for regular. You can't achieve greater when you're settling for ordinary. You can't achieve greatness when you continue just to settle for the, the mundane, the, the, the minutia of life. God is trying to tell us all here today, I've got a divine interruption and I don't need to hear your excuses i need you to accept this invitation because i, I need you to see what happens this is why gabe declares this next gabe says this next he says the holy spirit is going to come upon you since you want to interrogate me here's what's going to happen the holy spirit will come upon you the power of the most high will overshadow you so that the holy one to be born will be called the son of god he could, not be, he could not be born of man because man's seed was corrupted by sin. So he had to come in the form of a virgin, pure blood, because we get our DNA from our father. So I can't have Joseph's corrupt DNA passed on to me. I need God's holy DNA passed on to me so that I can be born holy, live holy, die holy, so I can take all the sin upon myself so that you and I one day can stand before God and be holy. That's the whole point of the virgin birth. And I know some of you scratch your head like, how is that even possible? How is it possible for God to speak to darkness and say, let there be light? And it was. I love this about Christmas because it challenges our childlike faith to simply say, Can I, do I still believe that nothing is too hard for my God? Hmm. So he tells her, he says, look, this holy one will be born to you. He will be called the son of God. And then verse 37, let me finish this. He says, for with God, no word, no thing shall be impossible. Just for a moment, can we just lift our hands?
to this holy God, this God that we come to in faith. And I don't care what you're going through, what the diagnosis has been, how your family has been acting, what's been going on in your health or your marriage or your finances. Can you just lift your hands right now and just say, God, I believe that no word, no thing is impossible for you. I trust you today. I trust you today. I sense his, his divine interruption, but I'm just declaring to God, look, if you're going to call me to do something that I don't think I can do, then you're going to help me do it. I got like three minutes. So let me give you my point number two, and we'll save point number three for a future date. Point number two is this. Here's your good news. Divine interruptions must include divine intervention. I said divine interruptions must include divine intervention. Think about it. There is nothing that God is going to involve you in that God is not already involved in himself. I need you to understand, when we quote Romans 8.28, we don't typically finish it, but this is what it says. It says, and we know that in all things, God, someone say God, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to to his purpose. It's his plan. It's his will. It's his story. So my point is this. If God interrupts your life and if God brought it to you, then it means that God is going to bring you through it. God is going to get the glory through your life. So don't freak out and say, God, why are you interrupting me? Because God wants you to know I'll be right there with you in the interruption. I'm not going to interrupt your life. I'm going to empower your life. I'm going to intervene in your life Mary catches that revelation she says God I, I get it I get it your divine interruptions have to include your divine intervention because look at what she says next Luke 138 I am the Lord's servant may it happen to me according to your word at the end of this service right now I believe God is wanting us to learn from a young woman whose life was divinely and permanently interrupted. Ooh. Her whole plan just got thrown out the window. And I, I can imagine Mary saying stuff like, this is not what I planned. This is not what I anticipated. This is not what I envisioned for my future as a wife and, and as a mother. This was not my plans. But I am the Lord's servant. Ooh. I get it once a year when we do Operation Christmas, some of you are like, he's interrupting my football plans on Sunday. But maybe, just maybe, you'll catch the revelation that a teenage girl caught. This is not my plan, not my kingdom come, not my will be done, but I am the Lord. Woo! I am the Lord's servant. Do I have any people in this place today that want to let the enemy know, that want to let your past, your present, and your future know? I know I've got plans. I know I've got an agenda. I know I've got desires, but not my will be done. God's will be done. Stand your feet with me today. Stand your feet with me today. I want to wrap it up like this. Point three, we'll just, maybe I'll give it to you during the middle of the week. But Christmas is the celebration of this. It's the celebration, hear me, that God is still intervening. Christmas is proof that God is still intervening. Let me say it again because somebody's going to catch this. Christmas is proof not that he intervened 2,000 years ago but he's still intervening today 
Otherwise, he would not identify himself as Emmanuel, God with us. He's still intervening today. And I want to tell you, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that you are God's masterpiece. You are God's workmanship. You are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Somebody tell me, why would God want you to settle for mediocrity when he has called you to be his masterpiece? He has destined you to be his masterpiece. So I close with this right now. Psalms 138 verse 8 says, the Lord will work out his plans for my life, for your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Somebody lift your hands with me right now, and let's just meditate on this verse. Please, God, I thank you that you're going to work out all of your plans for my life. I thank you that your will is, dare I say, perfect. Your plan is perfect your plan has no failures your plan has no loopholes your plan has no mistakes your plan is perfection personified so god help me today to surrender my plan my agenda my will and god help me today help me today to know that your plans are going to prevail in my life if you know that he's a faithful God, if you know that his love endures from generation to generation, come on, just take 23 more seconds at the end of this year and just worship this God who has great plans for your life, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Come on, can you lift your voice just 10 more seconds and say, God, I praise you. Thank you for your perfect plan, even when it interrupts my plan, even when it interrupts my schedule. Thank you that your interruptions also bring your divine intervention. And God, you will show yourself strong on my behalf. Come on, just a moment along with our hands raised. Just a moment along with our hands raised. Father, we praise you now as we get ready to transition into Operation Christmas. I want to thank you for your favor. Your great favor that is on our lives today. That tremendous favor. When Jesus appeared on earth in the form of a baby, angels appeared in the sky. And here's what they declared. Peace, literally peace on earth on the men and women whom God's favor rests. The reason you don't have any peace in your life right now is because you don't have enough of Jesus. Because he is the prince of peace. You're, you're, you're troubled because you're trying to do it on your own when I'm telling you to put your trust in the Prince of Peace. And you will see peace on earth and you will see the favor of God in these last couple weeks of this season setting up the brand new year. Now is the time, ladies and gentlemen, to start praying for divine interruptions. Now is the time. God, interrupt my schedule anytime you want and help me not to get an attitude. Help me to not be bogus. Help me to see the bigger picture. Help me to recognize you're interrupting my story because your story is greater and you need me to play my part. And I'm not the main character. I'm just that NPC. I'm just here doing what needs to be done to make sure that your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, if you love the Lord today, put your hands together. Let's celebrate these interruptions. Hallelujah.
You know, Pastor Beth, I, I got to do it real quick. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to bring him up. But let me do, let me just give it. Bez, are you still back there? Give them point three if you're still back there, sir. Let me just give this to you because I feel like I need to say this right now. I was, gonna, I was done, but, you know, I still got to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Divine favor doesn't exempt you from human rejection. Because I'm looking at some of you right now, you can't even muster up a praise. You can't even muster up a thanks. You can't even find it within you. Because humanity has mistreated you. And now what you've done is you projected what they've done to you onto your heavenly father. And you can't throw up your hands and just say, God, I praise you no matter how they've treated me. I need you to know that divine favor means you will absolutely in incur rejection from humanity. Mary understood, my God, if anyone finds out that I'm pregnant outside of wedlock, they could, the law says they can kill me. They can stone me for this. Any one of us who have chosen to follow Jesus, there's... You don't have to ever guess why people will hate you. Jesus said the world will hate you because of me. Family members will turn on you because of me. People who used to be your buddy and used to you kick it with, now they want to kick you out because of me. And I'm simply trying to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, just because they reject you does not mean that God has not accepted you. His divine favor is still on your life. So don't sit there with a sour look on your face. Instead, just rejoice knowing that nobody suffered worse rejection than Jesus but nobody made a way for us to be accepted the way that Jesus did and I'll close with this divine favor on my life means I will experience human rejection but they're not rejecting me they're rejecting the one who called me ordained me loves me with everlasting love and here's what you need to know today they can see that favor more than you can that's why they're jealous. That's why they're talking about you. That's why they're upset. That's why they're going behind your back because they can see what you don't today. But you are blessed and highly favored of the Most High God. If you are grateful for that today, can you say amen? Come on, I said say amen. Let that rejection know I've been accepted. I can say amen. Amen. All right, Pastor Bethel, as you come. Father, I pray right now for every man and woman in this room that we experience, even today, your divine favor, your divine strength, your divine health, your divine hope. Those of you who are, who are still struggling with this right now, my God, in this room, I come against every spirit of rejection that has literally overwhelmed, overtaken, su suppressed and oppressed you. Today, Father, by the by the power of your spirit, I declare that this spirit of rejection begins to break off of our minds. It will no longer control our reactions, our actions. It won't stop us from realizing that we have been eternally accepted. My God, I pray right now that you would just begin to experience what the scriptures say, that God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness I said, we might become the righteousness of God. I can do nothing to earn this. I can do nothing to obtain this. That we might become the righteousness of God. Hallelujah.